Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by Jack Kane Ford. Find your next Ford Tough vehicle at KaneFord.com. Woodhill Community Center. Have a hand in the heart of the city. Support their mission with your donations at WoodhillCommunityCenter.org. Toyota in Nicholasville Superstore. Online consultants are standing by right now to help you find your next Toyota. Visit ToyotaOnNicholasville.com. Lexus of Lexington, home of the best-selling Lexus IS. Find yours today at LexusOfLexington.com. Introducing the redesigned CatholicSingles.com, featuring new ways that put the spotlight on the person and their faith, not just a profile picture. For the past 20 years, faithful Catholics have used CatholicSingles.com, and the reimagined CatholicSingles.com website is ready to help single Catholics take the next step in sharing meaningful relationships with other faithful Catholics. Remember, CatholicSingles.com for faith, fellowship, and love. Well, howdy, everybody. This is John Michael Talbot. All things are possible with God, and we're going through Monk Dynasty, and we're going to be looking at 11th century reforms. Do you guys ever feel like you need reformation in your life? I do, too. We're going to be taking a look at how they did it a long time ago and how it works for us today. Howdy, everybody. This is John Michael. Welcome back. Do you ever feel like you need reform in your life? Sometimes we think of the Reformation as the Protestant Reformation. But indeed, all through the history of the church, there have been reforms. About every 100, 200 years, uh, the church needs to be shaken up. And there are also reforms in the monastic community within the church. So we're going to be looking at the 11th century reforms. I want to look at three guys. St. Romuald, the founder of what we now call the Camaldolese. Back then they were called the Romualdians. <laughs> Sounds like Star Trek. The Romulans. No, they were the Romualdians. And then we're going to be looking at the Carthusians with St. Bruno. And we're going to be looking at the Cistercians. And we're going to be looking at St. Bernard of Clairvaux. But let's get down to the kind of the essentials of reform. I, you know, we have a revised New American Bible that says, Repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The word there in Greek is metanoia, meta with noia from nous, which means with the mind, to turn around with your mind, to change the way you think. But one of the translations that I liked earlier was reform your life. Reform your life. What does that mean, reform? It means to be formed again. It's like being born again. You've got to be formed again at times. So what is this notion of reformation? Well, I like the example of, you know, the clay pot. Well, some of us, in the way we have been formed in our life, in our clay pot, we got cracks. In our pots, we could say we're a bunch of crackpots. <laughs> so, but we haven't been fired yet. So we haven't been fully formed. 
So the good news is, is even if you got cracks in your pot, the pot of your life, well, the water of the Holy Spirit can be added to that clay, but we have to allow ourselves to let go of the form we're in and to be taken back down to just a lump of clay. See, that water softens us. A lot of times our hearts are hard, our minds are, are rigid. So the water of the Spirit softens us and we begin to melt. And we have to allow ourselves to become a lump of clay again. And then the Father's hands, they begin to work on us with great love, with great care, with great strength, but also with great sensitivity and tenderness. And God makes us into the pot that that he has in mind for our life. See, to be reformed, you have to allow yourself to be brought back down to that lump of clay. But here's the good news. Not one bit of clay is wasted. Not one bit. My personal example, I'm a musician. I was trained to make secular music. When I came to Christ, I had to give it all up. All of it. And he, so I went, gave it all up. And he made me to make the music that he wanted me to make, but not one bit of my talent was wasted. I'm a public speaker, but I speak differently now than I used to. But not one bit of my talents or my gifts have been wasted. They're just used in a new way. So to be reformed is a radical concept, isn't it? To be formed again, to be born again, so that we can become new creations in Christ. Wow. So, well, in monastic history, we've, if you, you recall what we've done up to now in this monk dynasty series within the All Things Are Possible program, think about what we've done. Monasticism itself was a lay, kind of a reform of some of the laxity that was happening out in the, the, the secular church throughout the region. And it grew and it spread. And it took on different shapes. So there was formation, forming, then there was growing. But also along with the growing was some deforming. Some deforming. Good things became bad things when they got too big and they got fat and sloppy. See? So how did this happen? In the West, we heard... You know, a couple of programs ago about St. Benedict of Nursia. And then we heard about the Celts, who had many different monastic rules. And one of the rules they shared was the Benedictine rule. They spread it throughout Europe. And the rule of Benedict began to spread. But most monastic communities in those days used a lot of different rules and put them together in a way that fit their local life. And under Charlemagne, a guy named St. Benedict of Anian. He, he was given the commission to spread the rule of Benedict across the empire. So he did. And it worked pretty good. And then Cluny came along in the 10th century, in the 11th century. And with Cluny, boy, it was a reform to get him fired up about worship and praise. And the thing grew. It became the first religious order in the world. Hundreds of monasteries were founded from Cluny. But they also got rich they got complacent, they got fat and flabby. So Robert of Malem, one of the Coluniac monasteries, he went out and he began to spread renewal and reform. One of those reformers 
The earliest one is a guy named St. Romuald. <laughs> he founded a community that now we call the Camaldolis based on the name of one of the monasteries in the Reform called Camaldoli in Italy. It's up north of Assisi, where Francis was born, to give you a geographic understanding. And they weren't originally called the Camaldolese. They were named after Romuald. They were called the Romualdians. <laughs> Sounds like Star Trek. They were Romulans. No, they were Romualdians. But St. Romuald, he, he fascinating story, because what happened, he was living a very worldly life. He saw his father kill somebody in a duel, and he says, whoa, it woke him up to the futility of the secular life. And so he went and joined a monastery at Classe, and he did his novitiate in the Benedictine monastery of Classe. It was a Cluniac monastery. But he felt it was too lax, too big, too institutional. So he went and became a hermit, and he lived under the guidance of a guy named Marinus. And Marinus was just a little, kind of a, a rustic hermit who lived in the woods. And he did his training under Marinus, and he taught him to memorize the Psalms. To memor so the Psalter became a big part of his life. Pretty soon the guys at Classe said, well, there's this hermit out there named Romuald. He used to be, he made his novitiate with us, you know, we're, we need reform in our monastery. Let's get Romuald to come and reform us. So they brought him in. This is identical to the story of St. Benedict, if you'll recall. And they made him the abbot. And by the way, Emperor Otto had also the emperor of Christendom, Christendom in the West. He had heard about Romuald, and he was impressed with Romuald. So they established him as the abbot. And so Romuald takes up the abbatial staff, you know, the crozier. <laughs> the monks, pretty soon, they said, we don't like what he's doing. They tried to kill him. Whoa! And again, Romuald said, you know, I don't want to force this down anybody's throat. So he gave up his role as the abbot, and he moved out into the woods again. And then he began to attract people. He started a pattern. And the pattern was pretty simple. Uh, basically, he would live as a hermit. Uh, disciples would be attracted. He'd start a monastery. He never again became the abbot. He would appoint an abbot and move on. In the life of Romuald, he founded or reformed 100-plus monasteries. Wow. But he was moving, living in solitude, silence, gathering that strength of the Spirit, sharing it with others. And they began to develop what is called the threefold good, the life of a hermit, the life in community, and then the life of mission. Wow, how cool is that? So hermitage, community together, and then missionary activity. They call it indeed the threefold good. I want to end this little section by reading from the uh, rule of St. Romuald. Listen to this. He says, Go sit in your cell as in paradise. Put the whole world behind you. Forget it. Watch your thoughts like a good fisherman watching for fish. Sing the psalms in your heart and understand them with your mind. Wow. If your mind wanders as you read and pray, don't give up. Hurry back and apply your mind to the words of Scripture 
once more. Realize that you are in God's presence. Empty yourself completely and sit waiting, content with the grace of God. Such a simple plan for life. Let your plan be simple. Let your life be reformed. We're going to come back here and look at St. Bruno and the Carthusians and St. Bernard and the Cistercians. All things are possible with God. John Michael. Welcome back. Welcome back. We're looking at the 11th century reforms and looking at how their reforms speak to the need in our life for reformation. These three reforms all try to go back to the zeal of the early desert fathers and mothers, and they brought them into Western Europe, specifically in Italy and southern France, in the 11th century. We talked about St. Romuald. Romuald was trying to bring the Desert Fathers, those scattered hermitages around a common chapel, bring that back into monastic life, which had gotten so communal and so big and so rich and so ornate and so fancy, bring it back to the simplicity. And of course, we know it worked very, very well. One of the great followers of St. Romuald was St. Peter Damien who founded places like Fonta Avellina and places like that. So it was a widespread reform. Well, there was another guy named St. Bruno of Cologne. And St. Bruno was also attempting to bring this whole uh, desert impetus of, of radical but not fanatical monasticism and to get free of the sophistications and the complications of the Western 
monastic expressions that had gotten so big to bring it back to something very simple. Now, Bruno was born in 1030 A.D., died October 6th in 1101 A.D. Um, the, the thing that was different from Romuald and Bruno, Romuald was, oh, he was, he was a monk and he was, uh, went through novitiate and all that, but Bruno was a scholar, and he was a, he was a teacher. He was extremely well-educated. So he came at this thing uh, from the upper echelons of society. St. Romuald kind of came up from the, from the upper middle class and came up through the ranks. Bruno was, was really a high-class guy, and he heard that call to do this. So he approached it more, shall we say, in a more Western way. He was very organized. The Camaldolese hermitages were these scattered cells, very quaint-looking, around the common building. Bruno, <laughs> he had something that was much more organized. They were all connected by a common walkway. And it was just, just a more kind of a, a, an organized approach. But listen to the life of, of Bruno. He gets permission to go found what's called the Charter House, the Charter House, we only have one Carthusian monastery in America. We have two Camaldolese monasteries in America, only one Carthusian. And he goes up into the Alps. He gets permission to found it. He founds this little place. An avalanche wipes them out, kills some of the brothers. How about that? He didn't give up. He could have stopped. He could have said, man, I'm facing tragedy. I, I guess God doesn't want me to do it. No. He said, God has called me to this. I will persevere. I will keep going. So he had, he had permission. They had this avalanche that hit them. Wow. And then they had to figure, how do we support ourselves? We're up here in the Alps, way up in the mountains. They did all kinds of things. They did forestry. At one point in their history, they mined ore. So they had to figure out how to make this work. Right around that time... Uh, Bruno became very famous because he was a man of prayer, a man of perseverance. They offered him uh, a bishopric. They wanted to make him the bishop of a diocese. He turned it down. He said, no, I want to be in solitude. Finally, then the Pope says, you know what? You're a man of wisdom. We need you back in the papal court. He called him back to the papal court. He called him out of the solitude he loved so much, but for the benefit of the church and under the order of the Bishop of Rome, he came back to assist the Pope. And he did it for years. Wow. That's a sacrifice. His heart was with his brothers in the charter house. And yet he went back into the secular church. Not easy to do. And then he finally gets permission to found... Uh, another monastery not far from Rome because the Alps were too far away and he founds finally a new place in Calabria in Calabria in the rolling hills of that part of Italy he never ever goes back to the charter house so the other thing that he did is he brought the monastery to all the different states of life he had choir monks who were priests lay brothers who didn't live in solitude quite as intently and did some of the work of the place, but they weren't ordained, they weren't educated. 
Then he had conversi, who wore the habit but didn't take vows. And then he had domestics, who lived the life of the community but didn't wear the religious habit, and they didn't take vows. What's this say to us? Not unlike what the Celts did in the last program. He was trying to bring the way of life to as many people who heard the call as possible. He didn't just say one way or the highway. My way or the highway. No. He tried to make this life of solitude available to all kinds of different people in a way that they could do and they could approach. Another guy that was very similar to this was St. Bernard of Clairvaux. I'd like to take a moment and talk about St. Bernard. Bernard uh, was one of the interesting life because the, the Cistercians, there are three C's, Camaldolese, Carthusian, Cistercian. Great way to remember the three 11th century reforms, the biggest ones. Three C's, Camaldolese, Carthusian, Cistercians. The Cistercians started under Robert of Malem. He got permission to go at, to a place called Cito, Cito, the place of the spring, and to found a new monastery. He felt that, the, the, again, the Cluniac monastery that he was a part of was too lazy, too worldly. So he went and he started this. And there were some original founders. They struggled under guys like Stephen, great, great Cistercian founder. And they, were, they went out there and they lived in poverty. Nobody came to join them. They struggled in the winter conditions. Intense poverty. Living in caves. And then over the hill rides a guy named Bernard of Clairvaux, as we call him now. And Bernard brought 30 guys with him. And Bernard was a wealthy fella. He was from the upper class. So he brought all these educated people over the hill and to Cito. And suddenly, Cito began to flourish. And then Bernard, see, he gets, he becomes the most popular and powerful man in Europe. Wow. In the 11th century, Bernard of Clairvaux, he's, he's, he becomes a monk. He finds that spiritual power of Jesus. He begins to overflow from the life and the spirit, that union with Jesus. He begins to write books many books, which was very unusual in those days. It wasn't easy to do. And they begin to disseminate. And then he goes to preach. They say that Bernard of Clairvaux, as abbot of the monastery, was out of his monastery 80% of his time. <laughs> he must have had a good second in command at Clairvaux. That's all I can say. But he went out and he had this huge effect on Europe. See, this is, this is what real reform does. Real reform trims back all of the wild growth in our life, the dead branches, the branches that aren't bringing forth fruit. Reform trims them, cuts them back, prunes them to where only the, the powerful part of our life in Christ is really growing. How cool is that? This is what these guys did. The Camaldolese, the Carthusians, the Cistercians, they allowed themselves to be reformed in Christ. They cut back to the essential, 
and then they begin to go and to share that good word. The threefold good of the Camaldolese, right? Hermitage, solitude, community life together, mission. They were the first ones to send missionaries to Poland, for instance. Same thing with Bruno, hermitage, deny all of the great honors, and then he ends up being called to the papal court, and he has a huge effect on the church. Bernard of Clairvaux, he gives up his worldly life, goes to an obscure monastery, ends up being the most powerful man in Europe. Wow. How about you and me? Do we allow the Lord to prune us back, to reform us, to take our natural gifts and talents <laughs> that aren't working out so well, to bring us back to that lump of clay, to remold us with his hands that are sensitive and powerful and bring beauty in our life again. If we will do that, we will begin, brothers and sisters, to change the world in Christ. How cool is that? Folks, America needs revival now. If we will allow the Lord to revive us, then we can reach out and have an effect on this world. So these lessons from the past aren't just from the ancient time far away. They're for now, for here, for our life, for our day, for our time, for our nation. It can be done. Nothing is impossible with God. Let's pray and ask for this power in our life. Jesus, we ask for you to bring reform into our life. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Melt us, mold us, fill us, use us. Help us bring revival to this world by allowing ourselves to be fully revived, reformed, renewed in you. This is my prayer. I love you guys. All things are possible with God.
Thank you for listening to Breadbox Media. Find more about us at breadboxmedia.com.